My name is Noah Hardwick, and you're listening to the I Know a Guy podcast, the show where we discuss the difficulties of curating Christian music with guests while discovering new music along the way. Joining me today is my fellow Indivision music writer, Zach Zinn. And I just realized I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your name, so I hope I said that right. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Which, by the way, I think you have probably the coolest name of any of the Indivision music writers, just, just my personal opinion. <laughs> Thanks. So, Zach, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into Christian music? Uh, yeah, so uh, when I was like six years old, seven years old, like all throughout like my elementary years, I was uh, pretty embarrassing when it came to music. Like as far as I knew, the world stopped and ended with uh, Backstreet Boys. And I was like obsessed with all that stuff. And then uh, I had an older brother about seven years older than me, and he was like, a hardcore punk like you know leather spikes and uh i reached a point where like i wanted to try to find christian music but like stuff that we could bond on so i ended up actually finding uh day of fire first and they they became the first uh christian band that i listened to and i i listened to them for for years and years and after that i transitioned into like so like disciple and uh, heavier stuff eventually getting into like christian metal like when i first heard that stuff i'm like they can't scream but uh i i definitely was taken over by the the christian music scene um especially all the tooth and nail bands uh there's something with them that i think is lacking in a lot of uh stuff you hear on the radio a lot of honesty and a lot of times just just really fun music what air tooth and nail bands would that be uh that would be i'd be like uh classic crime emery uh, Search the City, Secret and Whisper, Ivory Line. Like, I got to see so many of those bands, and that was I, I definitely missed that era because a lot of those bands aren't around anymore. Right, um, right. Trying to think of other bands. That was Dead like Poetic. Uh, like mid two thousands or so. Yeah, I'd say like two thousand uh, two thousand like five two thousand six to like two thousand ten. I think was a uh, was like the prime time for Tooth and Nail for me. Right. Yeah, and I know a lot of people would would push that back even to the you know the '90s. So that's why I have to ask what, your, what what's your idea of the prime tooth and nail catalog? <laughs> well, I know mine's probably different from other people because you know I listen to uh, like the guys from Emory, and they always talk about like the beginning when it comes to like you know further seems forever and uh, like really like the formation of tooth and nail. And I have nothing against that. I just I wasn't into that at the time. I was probably like five or six years old when all that was getting started. So. Like me growing up, like when I when I talk about the music, like oh, when I was a kid, I listened to, and that for me is like that the middle two thousand years where like pop punk, pop rock was like really hitting its uh, prime there with like classic crime, especially their first album was was really great. Um, Search the city, Secret and Whisper, Ivory Line, all those. That's that's like the prime time for me. Nice. Well, we come from similar music tastes then. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. You're writing for Indie Vision Music now. How long have you been writing with Indie Vision Music, and how did that kind of come about? Um, I've been writing for I think about six months now, ever since uh, they uh, did the whole revival, got the, get the site back running. Um, I was, I've been like a patron of Indie Vision Music for a long time. Um, for years, I was commenting on every post, interviews. like They, they were a, a very massive source for finding new music for me, and... There was for so long I wanted to I wanted to write for them so badly like I, I there was quite a few times I was just hounding Brandon like you know let me write for you let me write for you because I, I did a few 
reviews for uh, Jesus Freak Hideout, and it never really went anywhere beyond that. And I've always been a writer, like my entire life. I've I've written and published a few books, and that's always been my passion. And uh, my second passion is always music. So like, if I could somehow combine the two of them, that would have been great. So when I found out that Indie Vision Music was coming back, I found uh, an email for Brandon. I emailed him and said, "Hey." Like, I really want to write for you guys. Like, here's a few examples uh, of of my writing reviews for for albums and stuff. And uh, thankfully, he 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 said, uh, you know, you're welcome aboard. And and I kind of jumped on, and I've uh, I've really enjoyed it because um, even though the audience and just the overall uh, community of indie vision music is is slowly growing back into what it used to be, it's still a great group of people that are very supportive of each other and uh, just a bunch of people that come from different backgrounds that always have a lot of constructive things to say that they can have different opinions on stuff without ripping each other apart, which is becoming more rare in uh, this society. Agreed. It's it's becoming a very rare thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, what, what are some of the reviews that you have written for indie vision music in the last six months and kind of what uh, indie vision music covers a fairly broad amount of different genres. Is there any one genre or a couple of genres that you really tend to focus on with your news coverage and reviews that you write? Um, I definitely like to focus on rock and metal because that's mainly what I'm into. I can do some like acoustic stuff, but for the most part, that's what I review because that's uh, where a lot of my knowledge comes from. Like if I, if I tried to review a rap album, it would it would be terrible. Um, I that's that's not really <laughs> what I'm into, and I don't have any knowledge on on that genre of music. So I usually stick with with uh, rock and metal. And I think my first review for IVM was uh, to speak of wolves, their uh, new bones EP, their first album in like five years, and that was that was a lot of fun to write because I remember writing that and thinking like, this isn't just for my own like website that has like two followers. This is for like an actual established website and i was really excited about that and that was that was a lot of fun and uh what else have i done i did decipher down that was (laughs) that was a funny one because i didn't get any response from that one that was it wasn't really a good review um i didn't like writing it because i'm a i'm a big fan of decipher down but i their new album i'm not too big on and it was just like it was just like completely uh, ignored like no one no one commented on it and stuff so that was that was interesting but uh, i did falling up i loved writing the falling up album i mean you take a band that's been around for i think they actually formed in like 1999 um even though their debut album was on tooth and or tooth and nail or bec on uh in 2004 but like just a band with such like a, a legendary discography with so many different genres they've gone through and uh to put out a final album uh self-titled and it was just a complete masterpiece i i had a lot of fun writing that and uh i guess my most recent review was for the the <clears throat> last classic crime album how to be how to be human so, so let me quick i want to jump in and talk about all three of these albums because i'm fairly have listened to all of these uh, starting with the Decipher Down, I'm curious, how did you like that one in co- correlation to their previous album, the Scarecrow? I think it was their third album. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, uh, I actually was introduced to Decipher Down before End of Grey came out. I saw them on tour with uh, Day of Fire, Red, 
and Fighting Instinct, which consequently enough, the, the vocalist of Fighting Instinct became the vocalist for Decipher Down, uh, TJ Harris. Mm-hmm. And I was a fan of End of Grey big time. It definitely had a huge influence or a uh, huge uh, takeaways from like Breaking Benjamin and stuff. And then when TJ joined the band, he kind of added this kind of like Southern rock kind of sound to it, kind of like uh, maybe like Alder Bridge or uh, some influence like that. And it was interesting how it blended together. And I think it took them until Scarecrow to find like this perfect mesh because like a, a lot of what I'm into uh, besides metal is just rock and roll. Like I'm I'm big into like Zeppelin and all and all like the the bluesy rock and roll. And I thought they they really like found that sound in Scarecrow. It was like this dirty guitar sound. There were solos, and uh, it was just really like riffy, and uh, it didn't really adhere to like the the modern blend of like all the the modern rock that you hear on the radio that all just kind of fades to gray and kind of just sounds the same. I thought they really uh, hit their stride with that album, even though it was a very mixed album, uh, and I, I I would understand why there was a lot of people who like the the typical formula when it comes to modern rock and when they switch from that when they switch from like that hard uh standard like 4-4 rock sound into this more riffy bluesy kind of dirty rock sound i can understand how some people will be turned away from that but that was like that was like heaven for me that that was five out of five that was that that album is is played a lot for me and so when they released uh I don't. Even, I can't remember what the uh, new album is called. Nothing more, or is that the single? That's the single. Um, um something dark. Uh, end of end of dark. End of darkness. That sounds right. Yeah. So they re- they released that one, and if, as soon as the first single uh, "Nothing More" came out, it uh, it definitely like went back to this Breaking Benjamin esque kind of sound. But I feel like. And, and and I'm not I don't want to like assume anything because you know they're they're all definitely better musicians than I am. But from my vantage point, it kind of seemed like they didn't like having that mixed reaction on Scarecrow, even though you know in my opinion it was a fantastic album. So I think they went back to what the masses would enjoy, and it, it's working. I mean, I, I saw them live last year at uh, Uprise Fest, and they pretty much entirely played songs from that album and you know the reaction was great they're they're heavy songs um but i it just it just wasn't for me i felt like it was a a relatively safe album agreed what you describe is about the same way i felt about it like i i probably started listening around their uh their second album uh i can't even think of the name of that one but crash crash yeah and it was just you know a good heavy rock album it wasn't anything yeah. special and then scarecrow came out and like oh wow this is really different than what i was expecting from this band yep. it, it had so much of that uh, southern rock vibe to it which i'm not a real big fan of southern rock but i just liked the fact that it really felt like a, a very creative album like they were really kind of pushing their boundaries and, and putting something out that was different than what they had put out in the past and was different from what was in, available in christian music so um when they went back to it with this last album to that more uh, modern rock sound. I was a little disappointed, but at the same time, I was also kind of glad to see another um, good rock album, even if it's not the most creative and different rock, because there isn't a lot of albums out there like that right now. Um, It seems like there's been a big shift away from the uh, uh, heavier rock sound like that. So I was still glad to see it, but it really wasn't my, my, 
favorite album. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, like all, all growing up, uh, I, I kind of grouped Decipher Down with like Dave Fire and, and Red. And yeah, a lot of those bands, like like you said, they definitely did uh, kind of fade away. It's gone into... It's kind of interesting where, where music's going because I think like secular, like uh, non-Christian music is headed towards... Like I, I've seen some revival as far as uh, like you see like Black Keys or uh, like Rival Sons. Like they got like this blues rock sound, but it, when you go to like stuff on the radio, they're entering a lot of elements of uh, I don't want to say techno because that's not really what it is, but they're entering like these little things of like dubstep, kind of a lot of computer generated stuff, and like I feel like the whole uh, industry is shifting away from rock. So I do agree with you that e- even though I'm, I'm not a big fan of that album. I'm, especially for Decipher Down, I'm very glad that they're still around because I did hear somewhere that they weren't ever planning on making another album after Scarecrow. So I'm definitely glad that they're still touring and they're still making music, even if it's not necessarily my cup of tea. And that's a good transition into the falling up category because they're a band that did kind of start off with a little bit of a more heavy uh, rock sound and kind of transitioned away from that into... Uh, more experimental rock sound. So I'm curious to hear what's your thoughts on the newest album in comparison to the rest of their discography. Um, I think it's tremendously impressive. I think a lot of times when you see bands try to venture out into something else, a lot of times it kind of backfires and they kind of shows them that they only have the ability or talent to stick with what they know. Um, I think it really speaks to, I don't know. I'll probably mess up pronouncing his last name. Uh, Jesse Rabordi. I don't know. How to, I don't necessarily know how to say his last name. The fact he, that you knew he, that's a, more than I knew. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's the he's the vocalist and pretty much the mastermind behind everything and falling up. Um, he is. I can't even begin to imagine how talented of a guy he is. Like he's written plays and I, a lot of his albums. Uh, falling up have actually been completely based off of stories, movies, and plays that he's written. And the first one was Fangs in uh, 2008 or 2009. That that entire thing was based on like a screenwrite uh, that he that he wrote, or uh, I'm sorry, screenplay that he wrote. And that was pretty much their first departure into a very experimental sound. And it was definitely mixed. It was met met <laughs> with mixed reviews because people definitely were used to the the sound of the previous falling up this rock tiny blend of rap in especially with early falling up and uh maybe just a tiny bit of screaming and all of a sudden they go into this experimental thing and a lot of people uh didn't care for it but you know once you like dissect it and you you see all the different elements and the all all the layers of instruments and vocals put on put on the album uh, it, it was definitely a very very good album i i liked fangs a lot and then they kind of slowed down their pace. Uh, they put out Your Sparkling Death Cometh in 2010, which was uh, further into experimental, and it was still, like, it was it was great. I, I can't, I could never write anything that complex. And then they put out a series of albums. They did a Christmas album. They did an acoustic worship album. And then they did... Uh, was it called Hours? Yeah, Hours mm-hmm. was their second to last it album. Had the accompanying audiobook with it. Yeah, yeah, they were they were really going all, all out for that stuff. Um, I never actually listened to Hours too much. Um, I kind of fell away, 
and I came back when I found out they were recording their final album. And so I, I downloaded it once it came out, and I was just I was blown away. Uh, thankfully, I was I was actually taking a road trip from California to Chicago, and all throughout I can't tell you how many times I I blasted that record when I was driving across, and I just kept listening to it over and over and over. And the thing that caught me about that album was so much more than just the musicianship from it, which was amazing on its own merit, but was just the emotion that was that I was feeling from it because clearly the album is written about some story that Jesse's written. And even though I don't know half of it, I don't know exactly what the story is about, but I can hear the different emotions in the songs. There's, you know, there's songs that evoke a feeling of heartbreak. And like, it was just amazing how I don't really know what these lyrics are talking about, but I can, I can feel the emotion that's coming from them. And it was a very, emotional album to be honest the, the second to last song i think it's called the insect and it's such uh -huh. a sad song and, and i it, it almost breaks me sometimes when i hear it it's it's and a, any piece of music that can make you feel that great of a feeling is is something of a work of art yeah agreed i mean it's just uh, that's exactly why i feel about the album and you're talking about the insect it's just amazing because i really don't know what this song is about especially in relation to the bigger story of the album but you're right it's just this out the song is so emotional even though i don't know what it's really trying to communicate it's a very impressive piece of art yeah definitely and i think you know when you look at the entire uh, career span of falling up it's, it it kind of puts a smile on my face, like what better way to end such an amazing career with, with just a perfect album? Yeah, and it just feels like the album is such a good um, compilation of all the different kind of styles that they've had over the years. That yeah. It feels like they took everything they learned from their very beginning into their uh, later stuff that's more experimental and just put it all together into like the perfect album. <laughs> yeah. One thing I was surprised with that album was, you know, especially with the more recent albums, they were uh, venturing away from like a heavy sound. A lot uh -huh. of a lot of the, ex the experimentation that they used took away from their rock sound. But one thing I was really surprised with with this last one was there were some pretty heavy songs on the album. Yeah, I mean there were there were some songs. Uh, I can't remember which one. It's in the middle of the album, but it has a relatively laid back verse, and then all of a sudden, as soon as that chorus kicks in. I mean, the guitars are just like crunching down, and like the the drummer is just hitting the drums as hard as he can. And I was, I remember listening to that for the first time. I was thinking, like, wow, like they, they're this is pretty heavy for for falling up. And and that was, it's it's just a good album. I wish more people, uh, would uh, would have exposure to that. Agreed. And I saw on their Facebook a while back, and I don't know if it was real or if it was a joke or something but maybe they were putting out like a board game or something ah uh, yeah i remember hearing something about that um and i never heard anything know, else about it so <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah with them like you can't really know if it's a joke or not but i mean especially with with jesse and, and the type of person that i that i would assume that he is with, with the music that he creates i would imagine that's that's something that he would do right right i mean cause... what what else does doesn't he have his hands in? he's got like exactly. music movies books like what else can he get his hands in i don't know that's something i i'm really curious i'm gonna have to go look back and see if there was ever any more news about that because I, I, if there is i really want to get it and play it so 
Oh yeah, definitely. Especially if it's like about one of the stories that he wrote. Yeah, and maybe that was, you get a little bit more insight on the album. What I was getting is that it was going to be story based, kind of maybe not necessarily in relation to the albums, but maybe in the same kind of universe as the albums. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I have it here. Uh, September twenty seventh. Apparently, it's uh, a Kickstarter right now. It's called Bethel Woods. Um, let me see if the uh, project is over, but it's apparently a story that he co-wrote with someone else uh, in the universe of the album Hours. So, yeah, that's definitely interesting. Um, looks like the Kickstarter is over, and you can order the game now. Cool. I will have to go and check that out then. Yeah, definitely. That's I'm trying to remember to put a link to that in the show notes, if anybody is yeah. interested. <laughs> So uh, let's move on to that last album you mentioned, the Classic Crime's most recent album that came out uh, just this last week, I believe. Yeah. And um, it's been a fairly controversial album, uh, at least up until its release, it was fairly controversial. I think it still is. Yeah. And you wrote a review for it, and your review was um, not exactly a glowing review. Yeah. Uh, you want to elaborate on that, any? Um. When I went into writing this review after I listened to the album a few times, I didn't want to have a review that was just back and forth on like theology or the use of language. Because specifically for me, I'm not I'm not bothered by the language in it. Um, I the only thing I'm bothered by is the music in it, and I just I can understand where they're coming from with their a much more serious and slower approach. But I just don't think it works with the type of band that the classic crime is. Um, I felt that there was a lot of lacking elements in it, even though like the production of the album was fantastic. It was definitely uh, an ambient kind of feel. Every single song had like an atmosphere about it. But you know, when I listen to classic crime, I don't want to listen to something that sounds like it should come from like my epic or or uh, some kind of like experimental band. And then mm-hmm. like. And even, I'm kind of like shooting myself in the foot by saying that just because I was saying how you like following up is experiment <laughs> with different things. But um, I don't know. Like when, when I think of classic crime, I just think of like this pop rock band that like brought everyone like Albatross and like this the very hard hitting Silver Chord, which will always stick with me. Um, and I just felt there, there wasn't enough. And this is a, I think this is a terrible thing to say, but for lack of a better word, there wasn't enough effort as far as uh, music goes on the album i think the lyrics were great like even even if you disagree with the things that matt says on the album uh, i think a lot of it comes with him dealing with with his own doubt in different walks of life and walks of faith um like one thing that i i wanted to i i, I wanted to stay away from you know like all the arguments and stuff but you know one the song wonder is probably the, the song that evokes the biggest controversy because it has the F word on it. And in, in my review, I call it the best song on the album because it talks about a problem that I think a lot of people have, but you don't ever hear about it in music is like people get called up in theology and fact finding like within the Bible. And like they, they have their head stuck in so many books trying to find information that they lose sight of like the wonder that brought them to God in the first place. And like, you can get called up, even if you're well-intentioned, uh, you can get caught up in, in all the books and all the stuff trying to find out about 
this and that, and you start to lose sight about what brought you to it in the first place. And the song talks about, I wonder how I lost my wonder. Um, so that was that was definitely a bright side of the album. But you know, anytime you had a decent song on that album, you had two more that were just like, I don't remember the names of these songs. I don't remember what just happened, but I totally just phased them out. And it's it's definitely a, it was a difficult album for me to review, uh, to be honest, because I've always been a fan of the classic crime. Uh, I've seen them a few times, and I've I've no doubt they're a great group of guys. And some of the music on the album is good but it's missing this like raw passion like the, the raw passion that you heard in silver cord um even parts of vagabonds uh the one song broken mess mm-hmm. it was a brutally honest song i believe don't hold me to my word but i think that it was written about one of the brothers of one of the band members that was going through some kind of divorce and even though that song was probably controversial in its own right because that had some pretty blunt language in it um it was just brutally honest and it was raw and i didn't think there was that much on here musically that really compelled me right um it kind of seemed safe to me it kind of just seemed like <laughs> it's you hard know, to it, you say it, that it seemed, <laughs> yeah safe but controversial at the same time but yeah it's it was like, lyrically it, i think very um kind of out there but musically you're right i think it kind of seemed very safe yeah, I feel like they put. I feel like Matt put all of his effort into the lyrics, and mm-hmm. who I don't know if if he also masterminds the music of the band or if the other guys have a part in writing it. But whenever it came time for actually writing the music of it, I think they just got lost in creating a different sound. I think they focused too much on trying to create this ambient sound rather than just like you know. What I would think, you know, what did these guys used to do when they wrote an album? They would just go in and, like, write these, like, fast-paced rock songs. And mm. and I just, I don't really think it worked that well. I, I have to agree with you. And I think that's why I liked your review so much is that there was so much controversial stuff you could have written about in your review, but you didn't really even go there. You went more with the direction of, uh, lyrically, it's great, even if it's controversial, but musically it's just not catching my attention it just sounds like a an album with a lot of filler on it um, yeah and, and that's pretty much describes exactly what my thoughts on the album were and having listened to uh, matt's podcast a little bit and hearing what was going into this album as he was making it i was really concerned when i heard that he was uh, starting a lot with the drums and the bass when building the songs rather than the guitars and the melody yes um, because he's not the first artist I've heard say that, especially from rock artists. And when artists have said that in the past, usually the album they put out was not an album I was a fan of. So uh, I was kind of going into this with a lot of concern that this was not going to be an album that I was going to like a lot. (laughs) Yeah, no, and definitely once I heard that on his podcast, it, it made sense. I'm like, well, that's why this sounds so different. There's not much emphasis put on guitars. Uh, a lot of the guitars in the album were actually, in my opinion, kind of used as um, just kind of something in the background to right. to, a, to accompany the drums rather than the guitars mm-hmm. filling the song with with sound and with uh, crunch or emotion or you know pick your word. Right. And part of me is like, I'm glad that he did that. I like when bands try to evolve and they don't just do the same thing that they did. Kind of like going back to the Decipher sound 
Decipher Down album that it felt like a repeat of an album they had already done. It didn't feel like yeah. they progressed any. And so I'm kind of glad that they're pro- trying to progress with this album. I like when artists take risks like that. I just didn't feel like this one paid off. Yeah, and, and one area of hope that I can hold on to is usually when bands try to do something like this where they step out. Now, I th- I'm sure in Classic Crime's point of view that they that you know they they think very highly of this album which they should you know you shouldn't make an album that you don't actually like but usually when a band does something like this where it kind of like splits their fans in half i think the following album is when they kind of like go back a little bit and i think uh, class crime's next album will be an amazing album that will both mix the controversy or mix the uh deep lyrics but mm. with a more impressive uh, music sound. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to with, with them in the future. Yeah, I think that there's definitely still some, some hope that this will be a progression to something better. And, you know, I think that my, my complaint, if I have one with it, is just the, the songs are so... They sound so much alike, and you're right, there's just... I feel like it's almost overproduced. Like I listen to yeah. the Silver Chord and Vagabonds, and you hear that raw emotion in the songs because they don't feel like they're overprodu- overproduced, which they probably were. I mean, they were on tooth and nail at the height of that modern uh, punk sound kind of. So I'm sure that they probably had more money to produce that than ever, but it still sounded so raw. Even with the uh, Vagabonds, even the pop songs, they were really well produced but they still sounded kind of raw and when i listen to this i feel like matt was micromanaging every little detail about the song and that it just kind of took something away from it i yeah i can i can completely agree with that i think a lot of bands get called up too much in the production rather than just going into it how they used to and just writing music one band that always comes to mind as far as overproduction is muse and when, when they went in to put out their uh resistance i think the album was called resistance they left behind the guitars and they just focused on like you know how can we pre- and it was so overproduced you took this rock band and you just yeah it's kind of like you cut off their wings like uh, that, that's kind of how i view it musically even with uh, with classic crime like you take this rock band that's known for uh fun songs uh, sometimes uh, they usually do sad songs really well like headlights mm-hmm. on albatross like, they, they do sad songs really well and on this one, I, I definitely I agree. There's there's too much emphasis on production rather than the actual songwriting itself. And one problem that I have with this album is I think it could be a little bit better even if you kept all the songs but had a different track order. Um, uh, one part in my review, uh, the one song Driftwood, I think it's the fifth right. song in the album. It's that one uh, really spoke to me. I, I enjoyed the song a lot, but the fact that it was paired with the song before it, which I think is Ghost, right? They were two pretty mellow songs, and like you put too many mellow songs together, it kind of brings down an album, even if one or two of them may be good. It kind of sours that part of the album. The same way a rock band puts too many ballads at one part of an album, you just kind of want to skip over it, exactly. And so in reading the comments to your review, uh, I would say there are a fair share of people, though, that like the album and kind of disagree with uh, what we're saying here. Has any of those comments um, changed, made you rethink some of your thoughts on the album, any? And uh, I guess just how does having people that disagree with what you're reviewing, how does that uh, 
change your perception of the album and as well as maybe the way you would approach writing reviews in the future? Um, honestly, for this album, the comments, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, we don't have anyone coming in like, you know, seeing red and just typing in all caps and all yeah. that. And I think that um, goes back to what you I, said earlier about Indie Vision Music having a really good community that's okay with having different opinions on stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, seeing these comments, it doesn't really change my perspective of the album. If anything, it helps me uh, try to see the album in a different light, but that doesn't really work just because, you know, I guess how I feel about an album is how I feel, and it's, it's kind of hard to convince me otherwise. The only thing that actually attempted to see the album in a different light was when I was listening to uh, Matt's podcast when he was talking about making the album and how they went into recording. Like I, I am like a, a junkie when it comes to hearing like music documentaries and like hearing mm -hmm. band members talk about like making albums. Like I just want to listen to all of that. And when I was listening to that, it made me want to like the album more, but I just couldn't. I like, even after I listened to his podcast, I listened to the album <laughs> a number of times after that. And it's still, wasn't getting me anywhere. Um, yeah, they, and the the comments on the review, they've definitely been back and forth. Like one person agreed with me saying that there were parts of the album that was boring. Another person vehemently disagreed with that, saying that uh, you know they were just in love with all the different songs. And I mean, I guess I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the saying, but like to each their own. Um, yeah. I can see how people like it. I definitely think that. A lot of the hardcore classic crime fans, and, and this isn't just uh, exclusively for classic crime, I think it goes for any band. Any hardcore fan of a band usually will like anything they put out, unless it's <laughs> unless it's really bad. Um, I think classic crime could have put out an album that sounded like Albatross. It could have been another acoustic album. It could have been anything, and you would have had most of these same people just eat it up and, and love it. Right. And so... Um, and I, and I don't want to make myself seem I, above that. Like, you know, I'm above that. You know, I can see that this album's not good. Fan. You're wrong. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bandwagon fan. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, and it's difficult. Like when you write uh, a review, cause like I still gave this album three out of five, but it's difficult when you give either a mixed review or a bad review, um, to not come off as like a holier than thou, like when you disagree mm -hmm. with people who like the album, because you know, if the people who like the album, like, you know, like good for you, like great. Like, I'm glad that there's people that like it. I don't want a hundred percent of the people to just turn their backs on classic crime and say, these guys are terrible. They did this or whatever. I, I want them to see success, but, uh, for me, I, I'm just, I'm not a fan of it. Now, if they, you know, if they still come to town and play a show, I'll still go to it because they've, they've released a number of right. great albums. No, I think that that's a good music is a very um, personal thing and something's going to resonate with someone and not going to resonate the other. And that's what makes reviewing it a very difficult thing to do because you can only give how this impacted me. And if it didn't do that for you, then this review's not going to line up with <laughs> what, what your expectations yeah. are. So, yeah, definitely. So, one more question before we talk about what you've been listening to and uh, new music. And 
I want to ask you, like in the case of this classic crime album probably being a very good one, where do you kind of draw the line about what albums you're going to write about as Christian music? Um, especially with writing for Indie Vision Music, you kind of have a little bit of a, a job to decide what's going to be acceptable and what's not. Uh, how do you go about do- deciding that? Um, it's a difficult one because I, I do listen to a decent amount of music that wouldn't be able to be reviewed on IVM. Um, I don't know. I, it, can you, can you, are you able to give me an example? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I said the classic crime is probably a good recent example of that. I think that there's a lot of people that were fairly upset after hearing the first single and possibly the next single and possibly the single after that. And then the rest of the album that, we're certainly saying, you know, that these guys aren't a Christian band. We shouldn't be uh, be talking about them like they're Christians anymore. You know, uh, do you think that there's a point in which Indivision Music should say, okay, these guys have gone too far. We we probably shouldn't be covering them anymore. Um, or even if they aren't Christian, a Christian band, so to speak, anymore. Maybe they're still Christians, but they don't fit that genre. Do you still you think ought to cover them or? <laughs> Okay. All right. That yeah. That that helps me out a good bit. Um, I would. I don't think I would ever have a problem uh, reviewing Class Crime. Like, th- take this ex- album for example, because even if it has uh, language on it, and uh, you know, when I, when I think about it, you know, if you if you take that first song, that the first single on the album, you, you take it how they say it. You know, people just lash out immediately as soon as they hear it and say, "Well, that's a swear word." And mm-hmm. and and someone like me would say. You know, after you know, actually looking into it, I would say, well, look, like, look how it's used in this sense. They're actually making a statement. It's not being used as uh, just this this swear word for the sake of saying a swear word. Right. If you look at the whole purpose of the song, they're trying to make a point that you know, there's there's nothing truly uh, damned in this world. That it's you know, everything in it God created. So you know, there's nothing inherently damned. Um, but the 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 point that I would draw the line for reviewing an album on a site like Indivision Music is where it becomes clear that the message of the album, whether it comes from, like, if you see videos of a band live or in the songs themselves where they are being, they could be destructive to a large group. It's it's, uh, it's not that it wouldn't be Christian because like you can take a number of of like pop punk bands like Search the City or Secret and Whisper where like you can listen to their songs and there's nothing greatly Christian themed about it but you know I obviously have no issue with that but if you take yeah. a band that um, starts like introducing a lot of uh, destructive things whether it's uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, like for like for classic crime, I can easily uh, see that you know it is an album that is going through the struggles that Matt McDonald went through. And I think even if it might rustle, uh, ruffle some feathers and and maybe tick some people off, I think the album, even though I don't care for it, can help a lot of people because it is an album that goes through doubt. And I think that even if it might be controversial, that if it can benefit other people then I don't think there's any reason why we, we shouldn't have it on the site. Um, I'm trying to think of a band that I think went too far and would kind of be ousted. 
but I'm not really able to think of any. I could um, think of some, but I don't really want to name them. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know POD had a little bit of language in one, yeah. but I don't really, I don't really know about their 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 message of uh, music because I I've never really followed them. Right. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I guess Chevelle. You know, Chevelle. Okay. They they actually used to be uh, grouped in with Christian bands for some reason. I I don't actually know why, but they they definitely took a departure. They went you know completely. Yeah. Uh, secular with it and um there was nothing about them that was christian which i I don't hold against them but it's just not something for ivm right or um evanescence was uh, another one that came to mind is they kind of started with that christian market and totally disowned it right after they put out their album so uh but yeah i think that's a pretty good clear divide but i think the classic crime is one of those bands that's Getting right up there on the edge, and <laughs> and that's probably a good thing in some instances because it does kind of uh, you do need to push the boundary sometimes. Yeah, because I th- I think if if you're if you're a band that like obviously with this album they set out to make it to make it honest and raw lyrically. If it's not like causing any waves with anyone, then you you almost have to ask like, are you doing something right? Um, because I would rather more bands be honest with themselves and honest with what they're going through than just to play it safe and make another, I don't know, cookie cutter Christian rock Mm -hmm. album from third day or something like that. I, I I would rather bands be just honest with what they're going through and, and tackle issues that people go through that aren't really spoken about. Yeah. So tell me then, uh, where do you find new music and what new music have you been listening to lately that you would recommend everybody go check out? Um, I actually find uh, a fair amount of new music on Spotify. Um, they have this discovery playlist. I, I guess it's probably only if you're like a premium member, like, you know, if you pay monthly, but it takes everything that you listen to and it gives you suggestions. And sometimes it is just awful. Like, why would I ever like this? But sometimes it's pretty good. Um, with, uh, Definitely with Christian music, I am really digging Wolves at the Gate right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been around for a while, and their music has never really connected with me too much. And uh, constantly enough, it was the review on Indivision Music that really this. I don't know if you can hear the dog in the background, but I apologize. This <laughs> it's dog right. will not shut up. <laughs> um, the album was amazing. I don't know why their previous albums didn't uh, connect with me so much. I it maybe just wasn't meant to be, but. This album was just dripping with emotional uh, struggle within Christianity. Um, the first song, I think it's called Asleep, and I, I watched a video that was talking about the song, and it was about one of the band members was really struggling with the idea of his own sin, that it was so great, and, and he felt so bad about himself that almost kind of like, you know, why would God, why would God love me? And it was kind of like wrecking his walk with God, that even though he still believed in God and he still had faith in Jesus, that he was getting caught up in his own sin. And like the song was just so honest in the way that it's delivered in this like really kind of metal uh, rock sound that it was, it was really good. And then they have another song in the album called Hindsight, which is entirely about Peter and it was from the perspective of Peter um, before, during, and after uh, Jesus, and like how he was struggling with you know Jesus's death, and that was 
that's a song that can just tear you down. Like if you listen to it, you have the lyrics in front of you. So that's one band that I'm really into right now. Uh, to speak of wolves, is one that I'm very happy is back. They were they were they were gone for like five years and they put out this EP and now they signed to Solid State Records and they're putting out a new album soon. So I'm really happy they're back. Um, let me think of. Uh, I'm actually uh, <laughs> I'm actually kind of getting into the old like emo phase like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't want to throw Emery into emo, but it's definitely like early Emery was kind of like emo, screamo kind of thing. Um, I'm listening to a lot of. I just I've been getting to this whole revival of the older Tooth and Nail stuff, older for for me, like Search the City and Secret Whisper, uh, Forever Seems Forever, Further Seems Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of old stuff that I used to listen to. It just I don't know. I don't know if it's just nostalgia speaking, like trying to go back. Like, remember when you were 16 or whatever? Yeah, that but happens. <laughs> it's definitely something that's really appealing to me right now. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really enjoying listening to music that I used to listen to. Well, Zach, I'm really glad you came on the podcast tonight. It was fun getting to talk about some of these albums that I've <laughs> listened to in the last couple of years. And uh, is there anything, yeah. let's see, if people want to keep up with what you're writing about or what you're doing, where would they find you? Uh, you can find me. I have a website. It's ZacharyRZinn.com, Z-I-N-N. And I, uh, I have updates about uh, different books I'm writing, a few books I'm, I'm going to be releasing uh, later this year. And uh, you can always find me on Indie Vision Music. I, I write reviews and have news and stuff on there uh, pretty regularly. So you can contact me on there or my website. Cool. So thanks again for coming on the podcast. And uh, thank you to our listeners for listening to the I Know a Guy podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to it on iTunes and Google Play. And you can find us on Facebook if you want to like us on there and keep up with what's what we're doing. And, uh, you know, just thanks for listening.